Hello, everybody, and thank you for coming back on Progeny with a Purpose. Today, we are able to get into our fifth episode of Faith Share Fridays. It seems absolutely crazy that we already have had five of these, but man, like it went so fast. You know, that first week, whenever we had Tiffany, and then on to Audrey and Leah and Sarah, and then today we get to hop in and talk about the testimony of Miss Erin, Erin Monreal, I believe is how you pronounce her last name, but she'll probably correct me here in a short few minutes. But yes, we have another Faith Share Friday ahead of us, and this is from a girl who is just fresh with Christ. I mean, within the last six months has just renewed her relationship with him and man, she is just on fire. And so I'm so excited for her to be able to share that testimony with each of y'all today. So let's jump on into it. This part of the fifth episode of Faith Share Friday. So yeah, let's get to it. everyone before we jump into the interview i'm gonna do what i always do and give a little bit of background on erin herself that way you have a little bit of understanding of who she is before she starts talking so it's the same rodeo as all the other interviews so you shouldn't be thrown for a loop so how do i know erin erin and i are in the same bible study together we've only known each other this summer but it has been such a sweet time to get to know this new friend of mine but like i said she opened up her apartment to let us do this Bible study. We're actually walking through the Priscilla Shire's study of armor of God. Shout out to that one if you need a fresh Bible study group book to work through. But yes, we have done that Bible study together. We have hung out on several different occasions outside of the Bible study. And I'm telling you, I am so appreciative for this new friendship. Erin is definitely an encourager. She's an uplifter. She's so social and does not meet a stranger. And I'm telling you, her heart for the Lord is so pure. And that comes out in the way that she loves on others and makes others feel so special and so loved and so welcomed and appreciated. So this is Erin, a little bit about her, a Fun fact is our moms knew each other whenever they were pregnant with us. So Erin, the other day, had a funny thing whenever she was just like, I don't care how long you've known your other friends. Me and you were womb buddies. (laughs) And so really, I've known you longer. So it was just a joke along those lines. And it was just so funny. But um, yeah, that's Erin, a little bit of a fun fact about her. She's a senior at University of Texas at Tyler. She's finishing up her degree soon. And I know she's so excited just to wrap that up and get moving on to this next chapter of her life. And so, without further ado, let's hear it from Erin herself and jump right into the interview. So, one, two, three, here we go. Well, everyone, I have Erin sitting with me right now, and we're about to jump in with the podcast. Erin, if you could say hi to everybody. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Before we spend too much time just rambling on, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the first question and get us started right off the bat. So first and foremost, can you just share with us a little bit of your life growing up? Give us a little deep dive into your background just so we can have an understanding of who you are and kind of how you were raised. Yeah, um, so it's actually a weird story. Um, I have been a Christian my whole life. 
uh, growing up, me and my sister have to have a seven-year age difference, and with that, um, it's kind of complicated with my church history. Um, being in the church, I was really young, and when you're really young, you don't remember much. Um, and then my sister actually got bullied in church, and she was experiencing that in high school and at the church. And so at some point, my parents were frustrated at the church and the school, and they decided to take our whole family out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so growing up, my sister, she was super faithful. She was taught all the super important things when it came to Christianity. And then for me, I was so young that I never remembered any of the basic stories that you know as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just really lost sight of who God was. Growing up for high school, I had the type of family that had a beer on the patio every single weekend. Um, I started drinking whenever I was 12. I had really lost sight of the Lord then. I didn't know who He was. I didn't have any scripture memorized. I didn't know that it's important to read the Bible and to listen to godly music. And I started hanging around the wrong crowd and getting involved in things that I shouldn't be getting involved in. That age difference with my sister really took a toll on me because I was always jealous that she had the foundations that I never did. Mm -hmm. And I never knew it was possible to have a relationship with Christ until here recently. Yes. So it was just a lot of your environment was conducive to the way you lived your life. Like being around your family who was drinking on the weekends and maybe just not having the right friends that were having a good environment, Christ-like environment for you. I didn't know what a healthy friend looked like for sure. Yeah. And it's just ironic because my dad was actually a minister and, you know, he, he's a wonderful man and he is so knowledgeable about the Bible and so growing up, he did have that form of encouragement. It was like it, it's not like it was never not there. So that was always my mom and dad's form of encouragement, but it was never forced or pushed or like we needed to go to church every single Sunday. Mm-hmm. I was always honest with my parents. I wasn't rebellious in that form, but I just got carried away with going to parties, drinking, doing drugs, and not feeling the conviction that I should have felt. Right. And so would you say that this was a lot of your outlook within your high school and beginning of college experience? Was it the similar, just running it with the wrong crowd maybe? And Most definitely. You know, in high school, and I, this is so hard to say because I had um, a lot of good friends in high school that I've always been a guy's girl just because through high school girls never really liked me, so that was really hard um, to get along with females, but the guys that I was friends with, it's always like I've had this thing on my heart to where I needed to mentor them. And, um, now the people are arrested and in jail Mm -hmm. for doing drugs. And it's just really sad to think about. And I don't talk to anybody from my high school. And then going into college, I actually, was working full-time and going to school and I wasn't partying as much but I was miserable I felt like I had absolutely nothing I had no friends because I didn't talk to anybody from high school I was lonely I was still living at home Um, and finally one day my mom was like you know what you need to quit your job you need to move out of the house and you need to join a sorority 
So that's what I did. I joined a sorority, and that was one of the hardest things that I've ever done. Because just like I said, I've always been a guy's girl. And so going into just an all-girl field, um, super, super, super judgmental um, on the way that you look, the way that you speak, um, how you carry yourself. I mean, it's almost like you had to be perfect. And I ended up getting dropped by every sorority at UT Tyler other than Zeta. And I got in with Zeta. And I met some friends that I would still consider, I guess, more of acquaintances today because I've had to put that boundary up. But we would go to Bricks every weekend. We would drink fish bowls at Fuzzies. And, you know, it's, it's hard to speak about because I don't always remember everything that we did because I was always so drunk. Mm-hmm. And... That's not how I should have been living. I wasn't doing well in school. I was My grades were slipping in school. Um, I wasn't doing well in my job. Uh, and so it just really took a toll on me and the people that I was surrounding myself with. Right, right. So at what point were you like, oh my gosh, I'm... I'm not living the way that I should. Like, there is something missing. There's just something in my life that's not fulfilling. It's not satisfying. At what point did you get curious to make that change? And how did you know that that change was to finally pursue a relationship with the Lord? So, it's actually so beautiful. Um, I was working full-time as a leasing manager at an apartment complex. And I was started to slip back into that, working full-time, going to school full-time, losing my purpose, that loneliness, just partying. And then at the time, I was smoking weed a lot. Um, and I used to do it because I didn't want to think about anything that was going on. I had this resident at my apartment complex, the most beautiful lady. And when I say beautiful, I mean her soul and her heart. You, it's just one of those people you could tell that the God, that God was really working in their life. And she would come and visit me and talk to me at the front desk. And uh, my birthday is on Valentine's Day. And I remember she came in the office on my birthday and she gave me a walk-along Bible. And um, she was talking to me about it, how this is something she does every single morning. And by the end of the year, you're going to read the whole Bible. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such a blessing, you know, like I've never had anybody give me something like this. And um, I start reading, 15 days go by, I'm still consistent with reading my Bible. And um, she comes back in and she's like, how are things going? And I'm like, I love this. Like, this is one of the best gifts I've ever received. Mm -hmm. And she's like, wow, you're still reading. And I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't I be, you know? And she's like, I I love it. I see it in your eyes. You know, you want to know more. And just like I said about my past, I was never taught those foundations. And so I never really knew what was inside the Bible, but I knew God was real. And um, she's like, I can see it in your eyes that you want this. And that just made my heart smile. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, wow, somebody sees that I'm hungry mm-hmm. for the Lord. Um, and then she comes in a few days later and she brings me another book and it's a daily, kind of like a daily devotional, but it's an encouragement thing. So like every single day you read like a paragraph of just a devotional with scripture in it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a form of encouragement. Her name is Julie Renfro and she is such a blessing in my life because she's really what started 
my passion for Christ and to read. Um, and I was started to go to Boathouse at that point. I originally started going with some of my sorority sisters, and then I met Ashley Taylor through one of my sorority sisters. And at the time, I was on the fence about letting everything go, letting my whole sorority go, because I had started reading the Bible and I started feeling really convicted for the things I had done in my past. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what to do. I can remember sitting in my apartment crying on my knees like, Lord, you know, I have these friends, but they're not really friends and they don't really care about me and they don't have the best interest in mind for me. What do I do? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I need your guidance. What's the next step for me? And I could just feel it in my heart. You know, it's time to move on. It's time to close that chapter of your life and it's time to move on. At that time is when I had met Ashley Taylor through a mutual friend. I saw what God had done in her life mm -hmm. as far as staying sober, uh, deleting all of her social media. She wasn't afraid to go to church by herself. She was independent. And those were all the things that I had craved, but I didn't know how to do it. You know, I didn't know it was possible. So when I finally let go of my old chapter of life and I was obedient in the Lord, he provided me with some of the best girlfriends that I have ever had. And I've never had girls that have been a blessing in my life like that. How yeah. sweet. Yeah. So it was more just someone stepping in and showing you the word of God. And then you independently were like, you know what? I'm going to read this and I'm going to read this with intent. And when you did, your soul was just like, this is what I've been looking for. Yes, literally. <laughs> so you would say that it was like pretty recent. And since d dedicating yourself to reading the word that you've also rededicated your life to Christ, you've gotten rid of some of the things from your old ways and have oh, become yeah. new in him. I can fully say that the person I used to be is dead um, and in every single form. I mean, my heart has completely changed. Reading the Bible every day, and I always say this, is the Lord's love language. That is his way of personally speaking to you, and he shows you exactly what he wants you to hear. And um, the moment I stop reading my Bible every day is the moment I feel that peace slip away. Mm -hmm. And that's that spiritual warfare where Satan's trying to slowly pull you away. Um, so I always try to make it a point to read my Bible every day. But I remember that I was really wanting to get baptized. Um, I had never gotten baptized as a kid. I feel like it's pretty common when you grow up in a Christian household that you get baptized at a really, really young age. And that was never me. So I was like, I need to show my love for Christ publicly. Mm -hmm. I remember going to Boathouse, and we got done with our service, and Lane Murray went up to the front and said, if you want to get baptized, then come meet me after. And I had been going to Boathouse for a year at this point. I went and met with Lane. I signed up, and it just felt right, and it was just perfect how mm -hmm. everything panned out. I mean, I was able to choose who I wanted to baptize me, and I chose my father because he's been one of the biggest lights in my life. Um, just like I said, he was a minister. He was the one that always made me feel included as a kid growing up. And so we went to Lake Tyler, and I got baptized by my dad. 
and all the whole community that has really uplifted me was able to watch me get baptized. And so it was just an emotional day and my mom and my sister were there and they were able to see where Boathouse was because that's what waterfalled for me. Mm-hmm. So that's incredible. yeah, it was the, I, I couldn't have asked for a better day. That and the fact that your dad was able to step in and, and do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. It was thinking about it now. It just makes my heart smile. <laughs> it's just a demonstration of like, just as much as you are your dad's daughter, you are the daughter of the Lord. So mm-hmm. Yes, the God was baptizing you with the Holy Spirit, but your father was being able to baptize you with water. So just the symbolism in that is super beautiful as well. So since this whole life perspective has changed for you and your soul is with the Lord in such a close-knit relationship, what have you learned about God's character? So God is so gracious. He, man... There's so many things that I continue to do daily that I'm so undeserving of. You know, we're human. We have free will. I make mistakes every day, and God is so gracious with me. He always listens to my prayers, and I know it because he provides. Um, I'm at a point in my life where I am at a complete peace. Uh, I'm not working. I'm just going to school. And he has really shown me his strength. Um, and it put me in positions that I needed to be in, places that I needed to be in. You know, Audrey um, got me to go to Delight, and then she decided we should start a small group this summer, and I was able to meet you. Mm-hmm. I was able to meet Sarah, Alyssa, Rachel, and that was something that God provided for me was girlfriends, and I've never had that. And um, that's a prayer I've been praying for years because I never knew what it was like to have a close girlfriend that would support me in a Christ-like way and incur- and always push me to the Lord. Mm-hmm. He's so gracious and he's so forgiving. He has such a pure heart and he's provided that for me because I don't get angry like I used to. I accept it and I'm like, you know, this is okay. This is how it's meant to be. You know, like the Lord is always going to provide for me no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, yeah. so he brought you community. You were so scared of losing the people you had, <laughs> and he brought you community that would bring you closer to him. Uh, yeah, I was terrified of losing the friends that I had, but he, he provided. Mm-hmm. Are there any verses, any specific verses he's provided in your life that you feel like you get to come back to and just remind yourself of? His word and his truth. 100%. There's so many verses that I could say, but I'm going to narrow it down to a few. The first one is 2 Corinthians 12.10. For when I am weak, then I am strong. There's been so many situations in my life to where I just feel like, wow, could things get any worse? And then I remember, you know what? It's okay because the Lord's going to provide and I'm strong. And that's when he always pulls you closest to him. I actually heard Jenny Allen speak what was it last week at the porch she's phenomenal but she said she was talking about surrendering and she said even when you have nothing nothing at all you have the lord and that just put my heart at peace because i always get so worried like what if what if this doesn't happen or what if that doesn't happen oh my gosh it didn't happen it's okay cuz like a year from now 
things always ended up working out. Mm -hmm. So I just take pride in the fact that even when I am weak, I know the Lord's behind me and he's always going to help me with my strength. Um, the second verse that I absolutely love is John sixteen thirty three. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. That's another verse that puts my heart at peace because again, you know, I'm an overthinker. I get super stressed out and sometimes I think it's the end of the world and knowing that the world has overcome the world is amazing. Uh, I remember three or four weeks ago, we were texting in our group chat and we were talking about the rapture. Mm-hmm. We, we were like, when it storms outside, we walk outside and we're looking down the road. Did God take everybody? Jesus, are you in those clouds? Are you in those clouds? And I'm like low key in the chat. Y'all, I just saw this TikTok and there's all these people in the church that didn't get taken. And it freaked me out. I'm like, I am so faithful, but what if I'm the one that gets left behind? And Rachel texted back and said, you know what? It's okay if I get left behind because I know who my one and only is, and that's the Lord. And I do everything for him. And I'm like, man, it's just that simple, right? Because if you have that mindset and that's where your heart is, then you're not going to get left behind. You're going to be with the Lord. So I take heart that he has already overcome the world. Mm -hmm. Amen. He has already written the end of this book. He has, yeah. In a good way, too. So just, I don't know, I'm just very encouraged by your story. And just as the lady that, who gave you the Bible saw, like, your just hunger in your eyes. I feel like you just haven't lost that. And I've seen that in the way that you live out your life now and how you love others well. Your pursuit is so encouraging. And I I don't know. I'm very excited to see what the Lord has in store for you. So what do you think your next step is like in this life? I know you're wrapping up your degree, but oh man beyond that what do you think this next step looks for looks like for you wow I that's been really heavy on my heart actually um you actually saw me at the porch I went up to the front and a woman prayed over me because they were talking about surrendering and just giving things up and something that I worry about so often is what is my next step what am I going to do next what's the purpose of my life Deep down in my heart, my deepest desire is to always be a mother. That's just like my my thing. Um, my love language is acts of service. So I just feel like I'm going to be a phenomenal mom one day. But right now, that's not where my life is going. And so I'm going to wrap up my degree. And I know I want to serve the Lord, but I don't know how. And so the woman had prayed over me, and she made such a fantastic point, a point that I had never thought of. And she said, you know, it doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing for work. You can still do missionary work. And that's so true. And so when that woman told me it doesn't matter where you're at, you can always bring the Lord into it. That's so right. So I'm not afraid because I fully let go and I've surrendered. And I know that God's going to place me exactly where I need to be. 
That's awesome. Even though it's undefined. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that preaches to a lot of people who are in that in-between and maybe they feel a little uneasy because they don't know the inner workings of what that's going to look like on paper. But with the heart of being like, I know the Lord has provided a place for me and in that place I will serve him. Mm -hmm. With that mindset, that is a kingdom-changing mindset right there. And I feel like more people need to be spoken that truth. So many, so much of the young generation struggles with what their next step is, but you're right. We need to be disciples and we need to outreach to the youth and let them know that it's okay because the Lord has overcome the world and he already has your plan set. Um, I heard a pastor once say, the Lord knows your past better than you do. So don't question what he has for your future. Mm -hmm. And um, man, that just puts my heart at peace because it's true. And I was just reading the story of Job, actually, and it was just failure after failure after failure. But Satan kept coming up to the Lord and saying, can I do these things to Job? And he's like, yeah, just don't touch him. And then he came up to him again, and he's like, can I do these things to Job? And he's like, yeah, just don't take his life. And when I read that, all I could think of was, wow, for God to have that much faith in someone that he knew Job would always stay faithful to the Lord. He knew that Job would never waver in his faith and stay faithful. Yeah, it sucks. But he stayed with the Lord, and then he did end up providing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just at peace that if something hard comes, I will be able to overcome it because I'm going to have the Lord by my side. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to flip it onto this. So for those who are maybe in a season of life where they're caught up in alcohol and drugs and maybe even attention-seeking too, what would your encouragement be to them as far as knowing what this side of Christ looks like? Well, I'll tell you this. You know, my old life has died, and I've been born again, and God took away all my temptations. I was addicted to weed, and a lot of people will argue with you that you can't get addicted to that, but you can. (laughs) And um, I've been drinking since I was 12, and I used to smoke nicotine a lot. Uh, I got fired from my job, and that day, I remember crying, and I was praying to the Lord. I was like, Lord, what do I need to do? And I just felt it. He's like, you need to let that go. You need to let go of drinking. You need to let go of smoking weed. You need to let go of nicotine. That is holding you back, and you're not thinking soberly. And, you know, there's that verse in the Bible, have a sober mind. He took all that away from me. I'm almost six months sober. Uh, but I will tell you it's hard, especially, um, you know, if you have a family that drinks or friends that still have a drink here and there, it's difficult, but it's nothing that the Lord can't help you with. And it feels good. I've never felt this healthy in my life. And if you are struggling with that, I advise you to find a friend that you can talk to and confine in. I think it's important to have a friend that you can tell your darkest secrets to, something that might be embarrassing to you, but you can let it out. Um, I heard a preacher say, you know, it doesn't need to be your boyfriend or girlfriend. Like for us, as since we're girls, it needs to be a girl with a girl and a guy with a guy to confine in. Um, and 
for me, when I first let that go, I was able to confine in Ashley because she had so much relation with kind of what I was going through. And um, just being able to verbally let it out of my chest felt so good. And then because, I mean, you talk to the Lord and you're putting your faith in the Lord and it's not like you're talking to him face to face. But it's nice to talk to a friend. And then when you are struggling with the, well, I just want to have a drink or I just want to smoke, you have a friend that you can text and confine in. And I would be that for anyone. And then as far as lust, that is something that I've always struggled with because, you know, I started doing that in high school. And, you know, God asks for a pure heart and purity. And um, I always pray for conviction. And when you pray for conviction, he grants it to you and he gives it to you. So you always, you have it in your heart, you feel it, and you're like, I shouldn't be doing this. Um, And you stay firm in that. Mm -hmm. And if you're like me and you're single and you're looking for somebody to date, stay with your conviction and don't fall into the lust. Because whoever you do end up with is going to respect that because God has somebody out there that is going to love and respect you and not force you to do anything. Right. right. That's so good. Thank you. Yeah. Just to wrap us up, there were a few verses that I was thinking about whenever I was thinking about your story and just newness with the Lord. Not to say that you haven't been with him the last few months and you've been learning of him, but just whenever you're new to the Lord, it's hard to get that first footprint in like, oh my gosh, how am I supposed to do this? What does that really look like? And I think one thing that has always really helped me is the verses in 2 Corinthians in chapter 4. It's verses 16 through 18. And it says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So whenever the Christian life gets difficult and you go through these seasons of suffering and you're like, oh my gosh, when is this ever going to end? Or, oh my gosh, the temptations are just so strong right now, but I don't want to cave. Those are your light and momentary struggles that you're not supposed to lose heart with. Though outwardly, it feels like pieces of you are like wasting away. Like it's just so hard not to give in. Inwardly, we are renewed by the Lord. He is our strength. And that's our Holy Spirit inside of us. Yes. And so whenever we are steadfast in our belief in the Lord, whenever we're staying, you used the word pure earlier, Mm -hmm. whenever we're staying pure in our intentions with him, that is achieving us an eternal glory. Because Mm -hmm. everything we do here on earth, whether it be for the world or whether it be for the word or the Lord, it has an eternal impact. Yes. So are you making a kingdom impact or are you making an eternal impact or are you just impacting this very light and momentary world that will waste away? And so whenever I look at these verses, not necessarily from 16 to 18, but backwards, 18 to 16, 18 goes, remember eternity. You know, if you're ever in a struggle Step one, remember eternity. Remember that our hope is in Christ because we have a very loving Father. So verse 18, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what what is unseen. Mm-hmm. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Mm-hmm. So step one, remember eternity. Remember your God. Fix your eyes on Him. Verse 17, 
be reminded that your troubles on earth equate to eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So fix your eyes on the Lord, verse 18, verse 17. Remember that your troubles on earth can have an eternal impact by the way that you deal with them. And then back to verse 16, do not lose heart. I love that. So if you take 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18 and flip them backwards, you kind of just have this blueprint to have a good headlight on how you face troubles and struggles and face your temptations. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if... I love 2 Corinthians. That was a great verse. That actually makes me think of... Do you remember at the porch when Jenny Allen said her POV of going into heaven and the Lord looked at her and was clapping and he said, child, you chose to love me instead of the world. Mm -hmm. That's what that makes me think of because there are always those worldly temptations that are temporarily pleasing, but you have an inheritance waiting on you. Mm -hmm. So I love that. It's cool that I've never known that you could read that verse backwards. That's really neat. It's really interesting, but that's just what I thought of. I think that kind of wraps us up for today. Is there any other verse you wanted to share? Is there anything on your heart that you feel called to plug in for a second before we wrap things up completely? Well, um, a verse that I hear quite often is John fourteen six, And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Um, When I hear that verse, it just makes me think of going to God for everything. And prayer is a really important piece of being a Christian. Uh, I always tell my friends that I talk to God like I'm on FaceTime with a friend. So for anybody listening out there, I encourage you to pray today and to talk to the Lord about everything, even the darkest things that you're struggling with, because He provides. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today and coming on my podcast. I... I don't know. I just enjoyed being back here and listening to your story and hearing you answer the questions. And so I can just see now all these like listeners being like, that was great. (laughs) So thank you for being here, Erin. And I don't know. It's just a blessing to know you. It really is. Um, Something neat is me and Amy actually knew each other before we were born through the womb. (laughs) Um, But it's been super cool. Uh, You're one of the people that has been a biggest blessing in my life that God provided for me. And so it's really sad that you're going to move to Nashville here pretty soon. So we need to stay in contact. For sure. Or we need to make a trip up. I need to make a trip up to Nashville. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this has been super fruitful and rewarding. And I really appreciate you inviting me on your podcast. Well, thanks for joining us on this Faith Share Friday segment. Um, For everybody listening, I will see you back here next week. As always, thank you for even pressing on this podcast and spending your time with us. But yeah, I will see y'all next week. I'll be praying for you. Thanks, everyone.